interesting thing, I don't know if any of you have ever signed up to go on a run or signed up to like train for running, but I did this in the last year. I ran a 10K in September. And it's just interesting because you begin to think like, you just see running differently than if you're just running down to go get the mail or if you're running from you know, point A to point B that's relatively close. It doesn't take a lot of energy to run, but if you're wanting to go farther and run faster and run with faster speed, like you know, and go in the farther lengths than you've ever gone before, you have to have some sense of training. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today is training ourselves in prayer and how we can really reach new heights in our uh, prayer lives. And so we started off this series last week in the verses of Luke 18, 1 through 8. And this is kind of a challenge Jesus or a teaching that Jesus had for his disciples. And so let's jump in and read that um, because it's kind of going to be the launching pad for what we talk about today. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? And so this is Jesus kind of talking about prayer. And in this time, if you read the context of the whole story of Luke, Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. And he knows that he's going to be leaving for a time and coming back. And that it's going to mess with the disciples' minds. They're going to have to choose to believe and trust. And so he's preparing them. He's saying, you know, you guys are going to pray day and night, but you should always do that. Always pray and never give up. Even when it looks like things are working out the way according to what we think God's will is, still always pray and never give up. Never lose faith. And so the big idea today is that everyone can reach new heights in their prayer life. And so if our goal is to grow in our relationship with Jesus, prayer is one of the pillars that will get us there. That will get us to grow in a deeper relationship is if we choose to pray and we choose to rest in his presence more and more often, we will eventually grow closer and closer to Jesus. And so what this takes training sometimes. We start off with walking in prayer. We might have learned some things last week and then maybe we became better at it and we grow in it and it's kind of like we're running into it. But then there's things that we can add that really train us in prayer, that teach us new aspects of prayer. Maybe us experienced prayers have learned over the course of time. And so it talks about, in, uh, Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy, this idea of training. And he says this in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 10. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. And so Jesus is our hope. We believe in him. We trust in him. And so it's important that we choose to train ourselves into becoming closer and closer with him. And so we're focusing on prayer today. 
And so anytime we start talking about spiritual practices such as prayer, it can be easy and be tempted to kind of fall into a works-based faith, a works-based faith. Because we might say, you know what, if I choose to pray more or if I choose to read a certain amount of scripture each day, I'm going to little by little check off all these boxes and then I'm going to receive God's favor. Then I'm going to receive my salvation from him. But really, this is not what Jesus came to do. He came to save us, forgive us where we're at, and then from there we can grow in a relationship with him. And so that's not the intention of these two weeks is to focus on works but it's to focus on our relationship with him so that we can grow deeper and deeper in love with God and with Jesus and to know his will more. And so it's, um, but we have to like begin somewhere. And so it's been interesting. We threw out that survey um, at the, a couple weeks ago that people could voluntarily sign up. We didn't know the names of people. I just want to rehash some statistics from a prayer survey. We asked just people to tell us how much they pray, what they pray about, and just to kind of get a general sense. And so nearly 80% of the people who responded said they pray every day, which is great. Just under 70% pray 10 minutes or less when they pray. So just a typical person here at Open Life prays every day and prays 10, 0 to 10 minutes. And so that's a good, a good launching pad for us to understand. Then when you get to start talking about people, what they actually pray for, 93% of people said that they pray for the needs of their family and community on a regular basis. 86% also said that gratitude and thanksgiving is a major part of their prayers, which is awesome because last week we kind of talked about the pray acronym, praise, repent, ask, and yield. And part of that praise is when we give gratitude and we give thanks to God. So that's awesome. 75% said their prayers were focused on things they suddenly felt moved to pray for, which is great. That's like listening to God and saying, you know what, I should pray for this person in that moment. And then 69% said that the request of others was a main focus of their prayers. And so that's what we do when you write down a prayer request on the... um, on the connect card, is we, we put those in the computer and they get sent out an email to the prayer team and the staff of Open Life and you're able to pray for the requests of others. And so then, over the course of the last weeks, we also asked some specific people to just share any prayer tips or prayer, best practices in prayer that they found over the course of their lives. And so we, I'm going to share some different stories. I'm not going to use names, but there's some great content that people gave to really help and encourage us as believers. Someone said that there is never any one thing that I pray for other than family. It depends what the day has brought forward or what challenges lie ahead for tomorrow. Mostly just guidance for him for direction. And so when we're talking about what we pray for, how long we pray for, this isn't to like make people feel bad because they're not praying as much as other people. It's only so that we can self-diagnose and self-examine ourselves to understand where we at in prayer and how can we grow in it. And so there's no right and wrong with those questions. There's this, it's just to say, where are you at right now? And so we're going to take this analogy of walking because Oftentimes, you know, you, I mean, you probably don't remember when you walked as a kid, but if you've been around children who are making that transition from just laying there to crawling to walking, it's like it can be challenging at times. And you kind of get to see it's like fun for us because it's kind of cute. But like for them, I'm probably sure it's like maddening. It's like, you know, especially when like stand up, but then they just fall right back on their butt. And it's just like, If I did that, I would be in the hospital, like, with a bruised tailbone. And so it's just, like, to see the different steps that we go. But as you get older, then running becomes taken for granted. And then if you choose to grow in your running and you choose to train, then you begin to, like, go farther, go longer, drink more Gatorade, and drink all the 
um, the special sports drinks so that you can go farther. But we do things to train ourselves if that's a focus that we want to have. And so we're going to apply that to our prayer life today. And so thought one is that we're going to begin with walking. And so think of taking your first steps but in prayer. Last week, maybe that was the first time you intentionally had a framework for prayer. And just to rehash it, we talked about pray the word. And we made an acronym. It's P-R-A-Y, praise, repent, ask, and yield. We're going to start off our prayer times with praise. We're going to go into repentance. We're going to examine ourselves and say, God, search me for anything that offends you. And to turn from those things. That's what repentance is, to turn from those things. And then we're going to ask. We're going to say, God, there's things in my life, in my family, in my friends that I want to bring before you for you to intervene on my behalf or on their behalf. And so those would be a number of different things. And that's often where we land on prayer. That's what prayer is to us. But so how can we kind of make it be more than that? And then finally, there's yielding. And so that's where we just sit before God and say, God, it's not my will, but your will that I want to follow. And we looked at Jesus' example as that. Because he didn't necessarily want to be crucified on the cross. But he said, God, your will be done, not mine. And so we read over his prayer last week. And so maybe, how did last week go? If it was your first start, how did it go for you? I hope that you, even if it was just one day out of the last week, and you're just starting to trudge along, along this prayer thing, that you're able to do that. But I hope if you've never had a regular prayer practice, that you don't get discouraged when you're not entered into it but that you continue to move forward, that you continue to always pray and never give up. That's what we're going to really hone in on today. But you might be here today and you're saying, you know, I just don't have a lot of words to give. I just still don't understand like how to put it all together and understand and if God really hears me. And so we look towards Jesus and we see what he taught us about prayer. And so we read the Lord's Prayer. We're going to read it again. But before that, in Matthew, Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 6 through 8. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. And so it's not about putting... Prayer is not about putting the perfect string of eloquent words together in hopes of persuading God to move on our behalf. It's all about the time that you put in and the moments that you give to him. Just to say, God, I'm resting in your presence and I want to speak to you. I want to hear for you. And there's things that in my life that I want to really truly submit to you before anything else. And so Jesus goes on and says this in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so just a reminder, Thad talked about this last week, about all the different aspects that are involved in the Lord's Prayer. We even did a whole series on it at the, during the fall of 2017. That if you want to go back and listen to those talks, because you're just still searching for more answers on prayer, you can do that. But the key thing is that if we start in this walk of prayer and it's difficult for you, or prayer has just been a practice that you didn't really put a lot of thought into or you've neglected, we get to really come before God and be fresh and new every time we come before him. And so some of you today, though, but like I have been praying. I don't necessarily use the prayer acronym because I have my own way of praying. And so that's encouraging because all of us should eventually advance to running 
in our prayer. And that's thought to you today. It's just as a child who learns how to walk, and then eventually as they grow older, learns to run, and even longer distances from there, all of us in our relationships with Jesus, and especially when we're talking about prayer, can move from just walking simple things to even running and how we're doing that. And so another person wrote this on Thoughts on Prayer. And this is what they said. There's hope for the undisciplined. I've tried making lists over the years, which we'll talk about later. We'll talk about lists. But then they go on. They say, but they don't last long for me. Yet I talk to God, yet I talk to God every day about all kinds of things. Prayer is not something I have to consciously remind myself to do. I just feel his presence with me always. It wasn't always that way. For several years, I was part of a group of friends who got together on a regular basis to worship with music and pray. It was in that time that I began to recognize God's presence with me and learn to walk in the Spirit. And so that's a beautiful example of what it means to grow in prayer. Is that you start off, you might put, make a list so that you can keep yourself organized, but then as you grow into it, it becomes more of a lifestyle. It becomes some part of who you are. And so then from there, you begin to walk with the Spirit. And it says in Galatians 5.25, after Paul lists off the fruits of the Spirit that we should all have as followers of Jesus, he then goes on and says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And isn't that awesome that we get to be on this relationship and journey with God and walk in step with him with where we're going. And so to help us give us an examples of how we can progress in our prayer life, I want to invite Todd and Lindsay Atchison to the stage. And we're going to talk a little bit about re-engage and how the prayers focus as part of that marriage ministry and really how like that can grow into who we are. And so just so you guys know, maybe this is the first time that you have met Todd and Lindsay but they actually um, were part of uh, the session of re-engage that me and Danny were a part of back in the fall of 2017. And so what's very cool is that we, we all got to like, grow in our marriages together. And uh, we're just really excited because they're actually going to be help be one of the leaders. Check. Is the blue one on? Um, <laughs> check. There we go. So I'm going to hand that to you. But just so you guys know that if... Um, if you're really interested, we're, again, this, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we'd love to have you at Lake Taps Christian Church, who's graciously offered their facility for us to host this. And so we do um, have uh, some couples of open life and then another church and kind of talk together. So what, the first question that I just wanted to ask is, um, of course, my screen changed. But before we get to talking about prayer, what is the one thing that you have seen like as an impact from re-engage, even after being out of it for the last probably year and a half? Um, I would say besides the re-engage baby that we prayed for. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. Um, we just have a lot more confidence in our relationship and are able to approach each other a lot easier and not be afraid to talk about anything because we've seen what we can get through and talk about. So that's been really great. Yeah, and on, on top of the communication, I think um, one of the big things that we had with our our couple friends, and I don't mean like couple friends, like we only have two friends. We have, we're really popular, so we have a lot more than that. Um, but our couple friends w would always say like, oh, we love your guys' relationship. You're so great. But, you know, when we're at home, we're having like, oh, no, you didn't, conversations. So, you know, 
You, you're the one who does that the most, right? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. no, you a little, little bit. Okay. Yeah. But I think one of the things we talked about, you know, in our in our group that a, a lot of couples besides us also kind of talked about was the tone of our conversation. So, you know, we learned through reengage that not only you know she's my wife, she she only wants the best for me and for our family. So if she asked me a question in the past, I would instantaneously be like, "Why is she coming at me like that? What's going on?" Um, and I would respond with a defensive answer, which then makes her think like, I just asked him a question, why is it getting defensive? And then she gets defensive back and it's this back and forth. So we've learned now that, you know, she doesn't want anything but the best for me. So I don't need to respond with that. I just need to sit back and say, wait, she wants what's good for us. She's not gonna ask me this out of anger or out of any other reason. So um, let me respond in a loving way to her like she asked me in a loving way. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one of the, I remember like me and Danny, one of the consistent challenges that we find through re-engage is just the challenge to pray together with our spouse, like even on a regular basis. And so was that a regular practice for you guys before re-engage and how has that like impacted uh, you going forward? And like, just so you know, like we, like we did it during the session and now we're, it's much easier for us to pray there, but it's not like we still do it <laughs> daily. So I just want to take the pressure off. Okay, good. Um, it was not a regular practice at all. I mean, we pray alone a lot, but, um, I would say it definitely doing it during re-engage, it became more of a routine and now we have to think about it a little bit more to make it happen. But, um, it brought us together in the way that we knew what each other's priorities were. So we could each pray for something together and, um, know that we're on the same page. Yeah. And then also doing that um, with our kids, you know, it makes them feel better and gives them an outlet as well, so. Awesome. Yeah, and I think um, it, it was pretty much non-existent for us before. Like she said, we kind of both did our own thing, um, but praying together was just, I don't know if it was something where I'm like, oh, that's way too intimate. I can't well, do that with my it's, wife. It's intimidating. Right. I mean, and and so, honest. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I never had a problem praying for other people. If somebody had like, oh, you know, I've got this sickness, you know, and I'll, oh my gosh, let me pray for you. Um, but when it came to her, I was just like, oh, I can't do that. Um, but like she said, I think it's one of those things now where we realize it brings us that much closer together. It helps us kind of align our priorities and our goals. I, I hear what she's struggling with where she might not just wake up, you know, Tuesday morning and be like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm struggling with this today. You know, it's one of those things where when she's deep in prayer, all of a sudden she's like, oh, wow, you know, this is coming out. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. I'm like, gosh, let me, let's work through this. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for us the last week, it was just been easy to fall right back into that yeah. practice. Like, cause you know, that's what's great about it is you just reminded and refreshed like to do that. Yeah. So then finally, just to kind of conclude, uh, do you have any concluding thoughts that might encourage a couple here that might be thinking about possibly doing it that would just might push them over the edge? Um, I would just say, even for hesitant, kind of take that leap of faith. We probably didn't want to give up the time to do it either. And we're like, oh, well, this weekend, this weekend, you know. Um, but we ended up doing it and it, without knowing it, did it when we needed it the most. So um, it was worth it. Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, for all the guys out there, have you ever been to like an event and you come home and you're like, man, that was the best time ever. And your wife's like, no, that was horrible. I hated every second of it because <laughs> I've, I've been there. Um, we had an old pastor that used to always say, I want this to be the best year of my marriage through my wife's eyes. And so 
what that means is like at the end of the year, your wife sits back and says, wow, this is an amazing year for a marriage. You loved me so well this year. It was amazing. And so that's what I want for her. I want her to be able to sit back at the end of the year and be like, wow, you did so much for me this year and loved me so hard and we did had such a great marriage. And I think this is like a big step towards that. Um, if you just take the time, again, it's, you know, 13 weeks, I think, because we're yeah. kind of condensed a little bit, but um, 13 weeks is not that long um, to give up an hour and a half uh, once a week, um, plus, you know, a little bit of time during the week. And then when you're sitting, again, like we talked about praying with your wife and doing these lessons together, and it just gets you talking so much more with each other um, that it can't do anything but help your relationship. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being willing to talk to us about that. I know it's not necessarily your favorite thing, but I appreciate you being willing to do that. So thank you. Why don't we give him a hand? Because anytime you have to talk in front of one, some nervous. Switch back to red. So all that to say is that we can grow. Like where you're at right now in prayer and so this isn't just for married couples here. It's not for, you don't have to be married for this to be a message for you. But that wherever you're at in prayer, time invested and in working together and working together with Jesus on a weekly, daily basis can help you grow farther and farther in, in love for him and a relationship with him. And you begin to get different things. And so as we kind of move along the next thing thought three is that we need to train to reach new heights and so hopefully by now you've been thinking about where you're at in your prayer life through like some self-analysis and just deciding you know where are you at with God and where are you at with this communication aspect uh, with God and Jesus and so to, what I want to go through is just a list of things that we can do to kind of add to our prayer tool belt and the first thing, and we mentioned it earlier, but is lists. And so on the back of your handout today, inside of your worship guide, there is just a weekly list that you could potentially go through that kind of lists off all the days. And so what I'd love for you to do is kind of look at that, because what it can do is, like, again, don't be legalistic about it. This isn't to, like, say that you, you know, you're not a part of Open Life if you don't read off this list every week. But it is to say that, like, maybe there's things that you're not praying about that if you put on a list and reminded yourself to do that, you would pray about. And maybe that would have an impact in God's kingdom. And so, like, I'll just run through really quick some cool things that are on that list. And the first one is serving, is to pray for open life. You know, we gather here and we meet here, but also praying not here for open life, but the big church in general. And what I wanted to read to you is a letter that we got from actually another church in our community. And it was just totally awesome and kind of took us a little, like, you're like, wow, that's cool. And so you'll see it up on the screen. You're not going to be able to read it, but I'll read it to you. It says, Dear Pastor Thad, we hope this short letter finds you and everyone at Open Life Church well. On Tuesday, January 15th, Rainier Hills Church Fellowship prayed for you and your church family as part of our week of prayer. We thank the Lord for the kingdom work you are all doing in Bonnie Lake and the surrounding area. Those who attended that night for prayer split into groups and prayed for many of our neighboring churches. They asked the Holy Spirit to give words of encouragement and scripture references for your church specifically. Below are the phrases and verses that were given. So the first one, the thing they prayed about is to set up and tear down teams would continue to find strength every Sunday and know they're integral parts of your Sunday service. Romans 8.1, which is there's no condemnation for those who trust in Jesus. And he says open life would be a place of great grace. 
the next thing, that new doors would open for open life in the community. That open life would be lighthouse for those living in darkness. There was a strong sense that open life is a house of life, and we pray that God would continue to reveal that in your congregation. On the enclosed page, you will find signatures for those people as a proclamation of their prayers. As we lifted you up in prayer, we are also asking God that 2019 be a year where where lives in your church continue to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory. And so they signed it by all the pastors, but then they wrote this sheet and they all signed it together. So I hope that at the very least, like, you find that as an encouragement that other people, other churches are praying for us. We do that too. We try and always pray before our services. We pray for our service, obviously, but then we pray for other churches in our community because it's not just about open life. It's not just about Rainier Hills, but it's about the church of Jesus being lifted up in our community and the lives of people around us. And so then if you go, keep going through that list, we have you pray on Sundays for marriage because re-engage happens there. Mondays is when we send out the prayer requests given. So it's a great opportunity to pray for open life prayer requests. And if you'd like to join the prayer team, you can do that on the link on the uh, Next Steps page. Then we move to sharing. It's just living a life of generosity, open-handed with our time, talents, and treasure. And then Tuesday, it's just pray over our communities, but growing out into our, from our neighbors to our city, to our state and our country. And one, one note in the prayer survey is that less than a third of us who filled out the prayer survey said concerns about our nation and government, as well as global issues and injustices, were a regular part of our prayers. And so maybe that's just a blind spot that, you know, like maybe... I don't know, if you're like me, you watch the news and you're like, really, what's my prayer going to do to help that situation? But that's not the case. If we have that attitude, then we're only feeding into like what the enemy would have us believe. And so just to put it on a list and you'll be reminded to do that. And so we go through on the route the list. You can pray for the pastors. Tuesday nights is our staff meeting. Wednesdays we pray for education. Student life happens on Wednesday nights. Thursdays, connecting many of our groups happen on Thursday nights to pray for our groups and just that idea of community and connection. We pray for justice, we pray for families, we pray for those who are, don't have a forever family. We pray for our foster and adoptive families here. And then Saturday, um, we probably want to pray for our missionaries because the, with the time zones, they're probably having service on Saturdays when you're praying for them. So it would be awesome for them. And then honestly, just pray for rest. Pray for rest in God's presence. And so we left blanks on there. And so if that's not a practice for you, I would encourage you to take that home. You could tape it onto your mirror in the mornings and just write in some things that you want to pray about. And then go for it for the next week or so. And just like next couple of weeks or so. And really just pray for those things. And so then the next thing that I want to highlight is prayer journaling. I don't know if you've ever grabbed a journal and just wrote out your prayers, but it's kind of like just in a more advanced way than a list, is if you'd like to write out lists, you'd totally do that. My mom actually made me a journal when I think I got this when I graduated college, and it's kind of like, you're a real adult now, and so just she wrote down some prayers and verses for me. And so it's just something that I didn't, I took for granted when I first got it, but now that she's passed away, like to just look back and see her heart for me is just amazing. And so I'd encourage you to do that. And it just gives you a highlight. One of the cool things, whenever we write down our prayer requests, is we can always look back at a time. And if you date them, you're able to look back and just see God's faithfulness over time. Because how many times do we whew, end up in a moment and you think God's not faithful? But then you can look over the course of time just to say, man, 
God's been faithful over and over, and in this time of trial, I'm going to trust. And so that's something cool. You can do that. I was just telling someone, I can talk about my mom and not cry now. And so then, of course, I did it. So um, the next thing I want to highlight is silence. Have you ever just taken time in silence before God, before you start a prayer, maybe after it, or maybe a whole prayer time where you just, not even praying in your head, but you just said, I'm going to turn off every media device. I'm going to try and turn off every humming device in my house to get to pure silence just so I can rest in his presence. One of the pastors I follow on Twitter recently said, some ideas to grow in prayer and five things. He said, befriend silence, normalize boredom, Embrace the truth that prayer is not something we master, but an act that forms us. And pray that words of others who have, pray words that have gone before us. Trust that God is always waiting for you with open arms. And so I'd encourage you, try it for two minutes and be challenged by it. To just sit in silence, turn off your mind, and just say, God, I'm here to yield to you. And just see how God speaks to you. Then the next thing is reciting prayers. And I did one of those things, pray the words of others who have gone before us. In our times of prayer, sometimes it would be really beneficial for you to grab a prayer someone else prayed and just pray it for yourself. I've been in times where I'm just like, God, I can't think of the words to pray. And so there's two things we can do in response to that. We can always trust that the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf and praying words that we cannot even understand or utter. And so that's one encouragement. But the other thing we can do is pray prayers that have already been written. And so and the ways we can do that is read through Scripture. Whenever you see someone praying, pray for actually what they're praying. And I just found a verse. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. What if we just read that in Ephesians and said, you know what? I'm going to pray for people that I'm close to, that they would have unlimited resources, that God will empower them with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. And just made that part of our prayer. And then the other thing you do is pray through scripture. In the last series, we had a service. day called Take Delight in Love, and we read through 1 Corinthians in a really prayerful manner. You can do that. The other thing you do, there you can find prayers online. There's a thing called the Common Book of Prayer, where you, they have different praise for, prayers for different dates, and you can pray those. And sometimes they'll really hit a spot, and you're like, God, how are you connecting these dots? And it's because God's a big God, and he loves you, and he wants you to be in communion with him. And so someone else wrote in when we sent out those ideas to people to give to us. They said, lately, I found it very helpful to engage in pre-written, sometimes very ancient prayers. One of the most helpful has been the Jesus prayer, recited over and over a few times until my anxiety of the moment is gone. And I feel grounded in him again. It goes like this. Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Repeat as needed. And so that's just one of the cool things we can do that maybe some of you have never done before. That would be an uplifting moment in your prayer life. Again, these are ways that we train to become closer in our prayer life to God. The next thing is fasting. And so we'll talk about fasting a lot more probably in a month as we head into Easter. We really want to be praying for Easter together as a church. And so we're going to do some challenges, prayer challenges and a fasting challenge later on. But just if you don't know what fasting is, it's where you take time where you might say, I'm going to abstain from certain foods or for a meal. And the important thing to remember, sometimes it could be a daily thing, a weekly thing. Um, And so then other times you'll hear people fast like social media for a certain time. And so we're getting into Lent season, and so you'll hear people fast different things. And so what I always say, 
whatever you give up, whatever you choose to fast, it's only worthwhile is if the energy and the resources that you put into that thing, you begin putting the energy and resources into prayer, into growing closer to God. Because I could, a lot of people like to fast things at Lent that are actually sin. And it's like, you should just stop doing that forever. And then that's what God would have you do. And it's just like, I'll try that out. And then that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you to just stop doing it altogether. And so don't get judgmental when you see people post what they're giving up for Lent, but just a thought. You know, if you know someone, just graciously say, you know what, I don't think that's healthy for you in general, and maybe you shouldn't do it anyway. And so, but that's just, that's personal. So I don't, like, that's just my own personal thing. So don't, don't you know, get on a high horse. But anyway, all these things are tools for us to grow in prayer. They're things that we can handle. And so what I don't want you to think is that, my church has told me I have to do all these things in order to grow closer to Jesus. And that's exactly not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you are in a dry season of prayer, or if you're just starting out in prayer, maybe you thought prayer was one thing, and I just listed off something, you're like, oh, I can do that. Maybe something intrigues you. Maybe something can really jump out at you so you can grow closer to Jesus together. Another thing is that we should always root ourselves in Scripture. Then that's just the final thought for all those things. If we get off into these prayer things and we begin to like jump down those things, be very careful on what you're doing. Always root it in Scripture and say, you know what, and what I'm praying for and what am I doing going against Scripture in any way? Because that's where you got to say, you know what, I'm going to come back to what God has spoken to me through his word. I'm going to root myself in scripture and let my prayer life be a launching pad from there. And just as Thad said last week, if prayer and scripture are like a dance that ebbs and flows together, one will always point you to the other. And so that's what we want to be focusing on today. And so then today, finally, thought for us to never give up. And this is the, probably the most important thing for us to realize is that Jesus told the story that we read at the beginning about always praying and never give up. And he said, just the, talking about the woman, just constantly making requests to the judge over and over and over. Because there's going to be seasons where we're like that with God. Where we're just going to have to over and over and over pray for things. And they might not come out the way we want them to. For me, it was my mom's healing. Over and over and over, I prayed for her healing. It didn't happen. I mean, she got ultimate healing, and I rejoice in that. But in the moment, it's hard. We pray over prayer requests all the time, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial needs, whether it's other things that people are dealing with in their lives. When you turn on the news constantly, what are we praying for? Are we submitting those things to God? Are we constantly knocking at that door? Luke 11, 9 through 13 says, Jesus says, And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Your fathers, if you children... If, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so going back to the context and what we're talking about, 
This is spoken in the context of people rooted in the Lord's Prayer. People willing to submit to God's will and to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. May your kingdom of God, may your kingdom of heaven come here on earth and be as it is in heaven. And that's the challenge for us, is that are we going to choose to live our lives of prayer and believe that we're not going to give up, that we're always going to trust and hold on to faith? And part of that idea of praying God's kingdom into existence now is that when we do that, when we're a part of the kingdom, then we begin to see things that are not according to the kingdom, and we want to pray for those things. We seek sickness, and we want to pray for healing. We see injustice, and we want to pray that justice is served in these situations. We see pain, and we want to pray for peace. Always pray and never give up. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Always pray and never give up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. The final kind of story that someone submitted to us about their prayer life says this, and I think it's a perfect ending for where we're at today. It says, I get up early and read my Bible verses. I read through the Bible each year. And I do have a mental list of those I pray for. They're in some sort of order, but often the Holy Spirit will change it up to pray for those who need it right away. When I finish my prayers, I never say amen. That way I can stay in a state of prayer all day. And so what a powerful way to challenge us to never stop praying. That in our prayers, maybe that is a challenge for you, is to never finish a prayer with amen so that you can keep your mind and focus on God to be in a prayerful position for the rest of your day. And so again, that's not saying that, my church, we pray and we don't say amen. We don't do that here. It's not to like say that there's one way of praying. But sometimes we can have these mental things in our hearts and our minds that trigger, that said, you know what, God, I'm committed to this and I'm gonna choose to not say amen because I wanna pray all day long. And so if that's something that's encouraging to you, then take it. If it's not and you're fine with saying amen, say amen. But that's how we can roll with this prayer is that this not legalism, it's not this thing that we have to do, but in a sense it is. We should be praying daily. We should be challenging ourselves to grow in prayer. But we should be doing it because we love God and we want to love people better. So today the action point is just to say this, pray with the end in mind. Pray right now as if you know that at the end of your life, you're not going to give up and that you're going to hold on faith no matter what happens. And begin to pray like that right now. Just to say, God, I'm going to always pray and never give up. Let that be the heart of what you're doing today. One of my favorite authors when it comes to the spiritual disciplines is Richard Foster, and he says this about prayer. Prayer involves transformed passions. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he wills. Sometimes I have such a problem with prayer and my prayer is not being answered. And often in times it's because 
I might be far, a little far from my relationship with God where I just need to say, God, I need to know your will before I begin to pray for these huge aspects in my life. And so today I hope we're challenged to move forward in our relationship with Jesus and that we're challenged to grow in our prayer lives today. I'm gonna pray and then they're gonna sing and we're gonna lift that up together. God, we just thank you for this opportunity and this moment. Thank you for all the ways that you have loved us, that you've lavished your love upon us over and over and over again, God. I pray, Lord, that as we went through the list of things that we can add in our prayers, God, I pray, Lord, that we would be challenged to maybe train ourselves in our prayer life, God, to maybe move from walking into running, to move from running into running farther and harder and faster and closer to you, God, in the way that we pray. God, let our hearts be turned towards you in a deeper way than they ever have before, God, because we're in community and we're in communication with you, God, every step of our day, God. And so we ask these things, and in symbolism, we're not going to say amen so that we can be in a state of prayer for the rest of the service.